Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. God bless you, family. Welcome to the Blaze Bible Study. Every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here at live.soulwinnerswithaz.org. Also on the Sellout Radio Network, soulwinnerswithaz.org. And we're here on part number four of what we started a couple of weeks back. And I knew this was going to take time because we're going to the we're going through the whole book of Romans, chapter number eight. And there's a lot of content there and a lot of juice there, right? It's a lot of good stuff oozing from that chapter, Romans chapter eight. And we left off, I believe, last time in verse 17. So we're going to pick up from Romans chapter eight, starting from verse number 18 and see how far we could go in um, less than 40 minutes, right? Um, so we're in it. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or any prayer requests, please don't hesitate. Um, I even have a call in line. And if you want to call in with any questions, um, please do so. Don't be afraid. I'm just like the easiest person um, to listen and to respond. You know what I mean? I'm not going to debate any um, thing you have. Uh, everyone's question is worth listening to. I believe that. It's not a dumb question that I've ever heard, right? I hear a questioner. Uh, I'm not only answering a question, I'm answering the person who asked the question. So everyone has intrinsic worth and value. And I believe that everybody I look at and everybody I listen to that's a human being is created in the image of God. And that's how I approach all my um, things that I do online, right? So questions, comments, concerns, or any prayer requests. If you know somebody right now that does not have social media, let them slide over to live.somewhereinswithaz.org. As a matter of fact, I believe that's where you'll get the full experience of what I'm trying to do here on the network, right? So we have Pastor Michael Jakes. God bless you, my friend and my brother. Thank you for joining us on the Blaze Bible Study. Praise the Lord, yes. And I try to do my best by praising the Lord every day, every every breathing moment. Because I know without Him, where would I be, right? And I wouldn't even have a, a, a chance to live this life out if it wasn't for Holy Spirit God living it through me. Amen. And every single other person that trusted and put their trust and faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Romans chapter 8 has a lot to say, but it really, if you look at it for what it is, it's really uh, freeing us from bondage. So I always call these, when I go into Romans chapter 8, uh, let me get the proper uh, thing here before I mess up the whole title here. And Escape from Bondage, this is part 4, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. And inside Romans chapter 8, uh, you will gain insights into the text. That's number one, identifying the key points. We're going to do that and be challenged to correctly apply the truths and meanings you find to your own life. This word of God has really no power unless you apply it into your life. It has a lot of power for those who trust, believe, and have their being in the word of God and apply the word of God. What good is reading the word of God um, the word of God is so is, is alive and active, sharpening any double-edged sword. But what good is that to anyone who does not apply it? Imagine just be being hearers of the word and not doers. It won't really have much of value into your life and into mine. But listen, 
Um, I, I wasn't born yesterday. I was born again since I was 30 years old and I was 20 years ago. So I'm going to apply the word of God in my life. What would I have to lose? I really want to have anything to lose by applying the word of God into my life and in your life too. So let's go for it. Let's pray and let's share this out with as many people as we can. So let's take a moment to pray and then we'll take a minute to share this out with as many people as we can. Amen. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your inspiration. I thank you for your life-giving word. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to even have these sessions, have these Bible studies in a time that we're living where this could totally get banned. But Father God, I thank you that you are tarrying and that you are having uh, grace upon us, that you're placing grace upon our lives. And I thank you for the hedge of protection that you provide daily to the lives of all your children all over the world. So I pray for Arquin angels, ministering angels, warring angels to annihilate the schemes and tactics of the enemy. And I thank you, Lord God, for a new day, a fresh day, a new start. And Lord God, I pray for every single person who has not put their trust in you yet, Lord God, that you, Lord Jesus, will reveal yourself to them as well as you have revealed yourself to me so many years ago. So, Father God, I trust in your word. And I know that someone is going to be blessed by your word in Romans chapter 8, starting from verse number 18. So I speak life concerning all things living, and I speak death in the name of Jesus to those things that are trying to bring havoc in our lives and trying to reap, wreak havoc in our lives. I come against sickness, disease, um, debauchery, sin, lies. Uh, I come against all those things in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, I pray that you will help us um, in your word tonight. And every night that we come to you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So let's take a minute, ladies and gentlemen, to share this out with as many people as we can. And when we come back, we'll be in Romans chapter eight, um, starting from verse 18. And I'll be reading out of the Amplified version. Um, so get ready um, to get inspired by the word. I'll be right back. Amen, amen. Let's get into it. Sister Joanne, God bless you. God bless you. Welcome um, to the Blaze Bible Study. Amen, amen. So listen, let's get into it. Romans chapter 8, we're starting at verse number 18. The Bible says, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. To us and in us. So you're going through issues, you're going through problems. I should have got that book and brought it over here. Um, on the Dollar Tree, at the Dollar Tree of all places, I found the Nick Vericek book. 
I always say his last name wrong. But that is the man. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, God is using him all around the world uh, to preach the gospel. He has no arms. He has no legs. He just has his middle body. Right? And God has been using that man. So every time I hear his testimony, every time I see him preaching, every time I see him delivering the gospel to crowds and masses, I don't. I try not to complain first and foremost, but I don't complain. Because according to the scripture... At the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life, of this present life, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. About to be revealed. So this present time, if you're suffering and pain and agony and sickness, disease, and you feel hopeless, that doesn't compare to what's coming for us and what's coming through us. Amen. And God... A lot of people say, what is this world coming to? I said, listen, this world is coming to an end, but Jesus is coming to this world with a new heaven and a new earth. To see that hope that we have, we have the tremendous amount of hope as a believer. I don't think anybody has this redemptive hope that we have as born-again believers. I, I, I just don't see it in other religions, in other belief systems, definitely not in the world system, definitely not through atheists, definitely not through philanthropists and philosophers. I don't see the hope that we have other than the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 19. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. The world is waiting for the sons of the living God to rise up and show ourselves. While everything is being re- redefined and this, that, and the third is happening, the, the earth and everyone in it is waiting for the sons of God and the daughters of God to be revealed. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, not willingly because of some intention, intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. And how do you become a child of God? Only Jesus gives us the right to be called children of God. Read the scriptures. Oh, we're all people of God. We're all children of God. A lot of people say that, but that's not biblical. Only Jesus gives us the right to be called children of God. Verse 23, and not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come, even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. You know, we get older, start losing shoulder mass, start losing hair, start getting wrinkles, and we're like, man, you know, you could do plastic surgery, you could tuck this and lift that and reduce this or add to that. You could do all of that. But gravity still has a way of showing our age. And if you continue to do the plastic surgery and the lifts and the belly tucks, tummy tucks and all that stuff, um, eventually that's going to wear, wear out because the body is decaying, right? It sounds morbid, so it doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's the truth. Every physician can tell you that. I could tell you that. Anybody, it's, easy, it's not hard to tell. But according to the scriptures, since we have this blessing to come, even we inwardly Wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. And remember, Jesus is the resurrection 
And if the Lord is coming back, I say if because he did say he is coming back. But I know I'll leave that little point, whatever percentage to say if he comes back. I know he is, but I'll give room for people who say he's not. When he comes back, right, he's going to be resurrected. The resurrection of Christ, he will resurrect us, excuse me, because he's already the risen Christ. We will be resurrected and transformed at the resurrection. Verse 24, for in this hope. For in this hope, right, the object of which is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he has already, he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. Listen, God will help us in our weakness. God will help us when we're in the, in the, in the heights of our lives, in the mountaintop. God will help us. In the valley. He always helps us. We do not know what prayer to offer or what how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit Himself knows our need, and at the right time, timing is everything, at the right time intercedes on our behalf with signs and groanings too deep for words. Verse twenty seven and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. Who knows the spirit of man? The spirit that's in the man. Who knows the spirit of God? Who knows the will of God? Who knows the mind of God? The spirit of God knows the mind of God. So imagine reading the the will of God, which is his word. Amen. We could literally read the mind of God as much as he left in the scriptures to know his will and purpose for our lives. An amazing concept, an amazing belief that we have, and an amazing faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 28, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who hate God. No, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Verse 29, For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately and ultimately share. Oh, I lost my flag. And ultimately share in his complete sanctification. That means being set apart for his purpose and plan for our lives. Yes, I believe in predestination. I believe we are predestined to be made to the image of the Son of God. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of His Son. The Scripture says it. I believe it. That's predestination in my in my sight right there. Uh, now, this whole issue, and I know it's a huge issue, and I can't just bypass it and dismiss it. People say, well, then that means God predestined people to go to hell, or God predestined people not to be saved, or God predestined, predestined people to do this, that, and the third almost like he's controlling our decision. And I don't think that's the case. I really believe, by experience, that God allows me to choose whatever I want to do, whether it's something that will glorify him or something that will bring, um, you know, something unholy and ungodly. I think he loves me so much that he allows me to make the choice because I taste it and I've seen the goodness of God in my life. Compare that to the world, listen, I have no hopes going back. There's no reason for me to turn back and go into the world. There's nothing there for me. As a matter of fact, the people who are still waiting for me there, they'll be waiting a long time 
Um, and if they don't repent and turn to the Lord Jesus, they're going to be waiting all eternity for me to return to the same old, same old that I used to. Why? Because I'm a new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 17, I believe it is, right? Matthew, God bless you, my friend and my brother. Color gray out. Laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, um, gray hair and lo- losing of hair. Listen, it's all good. It's all part of being wise and growing in your faith. Amen. That's funny, though. So uh, verse 30, and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, declared free of the guilt of sin. We're free from the bondage of sin. Do you realize that before Christ, we were slaves to sin? Oh, I'm having a good time. And that good time could be drugs. That good time could be addictions. That good time could be sex. That good time could be violence. That good time could be pornography. That good times could be romance novels for the woman, which to me, that is pornography in a woman's view because women are more, or men are more by sight, you know, in general, and women are more like they want to be heard and listened to. And it's about feelings and emotion. And when they read those romance novels, um, they create a whole bunch of emotion in their mind and some dopamine starts depositing in the brain and those romance novels could become a pornographic addiction for a young lady. The studies show it, right? He justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. The Bible also says that we are already, at this point of salvation, we're already seated in heavenly places. So there's a future to come that we're walking into. We're not walking into the past. We're walking into the future. And the future is where God knows we will be. He knows the decisions. I believe he's an all-knowing God. Amen. I believe he does know what's going to happen tomorrow. He does know what I'm going to do and what you're going to do tomorrow. Yet he allows us, knowing what he knows, he still allows us to you know, change things a little bit by the decisions we make. Otherwise, he'll be forcing us to do whatever he wants us to do. And that would be kind of robotic. That won't be really a demonstration of love. That would be a demonstration of dictatorship. And God is not a dictator. Amen. He is the creator God, not the dictator God. Amen. He also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. Verse 31, we're in Romans chapter 8. This is part 4 of the series that I titled Escape from Bondage. Escape from bondage. Verse 31. What then, sh- what then shall we say to all these things? It's a good question, right? After we know everything that we know, everything that we've read, everything that we understand of Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to all these things? The things that we already read and spoke about. If God is for us, who can be against us? I like what the Amplified says. Who could be successful against us. It's so obvious that we have a a lot of people in our nations and the nations around the world that are against us. And don't and don't send back evil for evil, right? We don't defeat evil with evil. We conquer evil by doing good. And by good, the definition I'm talking about by doing what God wants us to do because God is the only person who is good. His spirit is good. Father, Jesus, all of them, they are good. Three in one, all good. Me? Sometimes when I allow Holy Spirit to keep me and, and I allow him to move through my life, then I have good days. But the flesh is always saying, man, just 
Um, take a day off. There's no there's no days off. Uh, literally, there's no days off for me. Amen. If you allow me to, and it wouldn't be wise, but if you allow me to, I'll do ministry two four seven. But I have to sleep. But you know what I'm saying. I have a drive because I truly believe in the word. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I truly believe in the gospel. I truly believe that God's word will transform someone. And listen, if all this ministry, all these years are just for one person, then it was worth it. Amen? Because that one person in the life that we see that God is working in, that one person literally... uh, will make a difference in somebody's life or that life will be made different. I'm trying to figure out who just sent me some blessings. I don't see your name, my friend, or my sister, or my brother. Amen. So you're probably on the group. So what happens is there is a way that you could reveal yourself if you want to be revealed. Amen. By clicking the link that shows up in the group page. It, uh, it says, um, you know, some something along the lines of if you want to be seen, um, just click the link, and that link is a simple link. Click it, authorize, and then it goes right back to the page so that way I can see who I'm greeting. But I think it's so important that I greet everyone who comes through, but I cannot see who it is. Let me just go quickly to my groups. Amen. Yes, I'll take the time to see who it is because everyone matters to me. Amen. And that's Sister Joyce. Amen. God bless you, my sister. Thank you for coming by. So, Sister Joyce, if you see the the post where it says, and we want to see who you are by simply clicking here, click that link, and it'll ask you for permission, and then boom, it'll go right back to the page. Once you say, yeah, okay, you can see that it's Sister Joyce. Amen. Thank you so much for coming by. We're in Romans chapter 8, and we're picking up right now from verse number 31. What then shall we say to all these things that we just read? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? He who did not spare even his own son, this is the amazing gospel, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, not just for the Christian, not just for the Jehovah Witness, not just for the Mormons, not just for the atheists, not just for the men, not just for the women, not just for the Pope, not just for the Catholic Church, not just for all denominations, but for all people, for all times, right? Gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God is the owner of all things, and he wants to give us all things. Now, a lot of people, are, I think, are confused with this whole thing of having it all here on this side of eternity. So you have these pastors and these evangelists and these prophets, apostles, and teachers that have a lot in material blessing. Amen? <laughs> Amen? 
I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't have nothing against it either, as long as their congregation, the community that they're serving, are well off as well. Because it wouldn't make any sense, ladies and gentlemen, if I am the evangelist of a multi-million dollar ministry, and I am the evangelist um, leading thousands and thousands of people uh, with the hope of Jesus, and also uh, I have a financial breakthrough, let's just say, I want to really share that wealth. And for all those who believe in Jesus, I believe that we need to share the wealth. The economy of the kingdom is so different than the economy of this world. So I'm not against any pastor or teacher or televangelist that has a lot. What I am against is that if they're not sharing what they have with the needy, with the homeless, with the with people who are in lack, with the sick, with those who are in prison, then what are they storing up? Are they storing up riches here on earth where the Bible clearly says to store up our riches in heaven? So we need to be givers to give things away. Freely we were given, freely we give. So I believe that we should be have this economy of the kingdom that gives everything. So if you give me a million dollars, amen, I'm going to give a million dollars away. And people are like, no, you won't. I, I will invest money into the kingdom of God and try my best after the investment or before the investment to give it all away. Why? Because I could reach so much more people with the gospel message with $1 million than with $10. Than with a hundred dollars. I mean, it's a math. It's a mathematical thing. We just had our local elections, and mathematically, it was almost impossible for uh, the person I wanted to win a city to be mayor for him to win just because of the math. And the same thing goes to me in my eyes when it comes to ministry. Right? You have less, you reach less. Right? But God could do. He could use uh, five dollars in a hand of a believer and turn that five dollars into five billion dollars if God so chooses to if he pleases him to so we could reach more people with the gospel message I would just I just met a man on um, one of my social media apps that I use called the wisdom app that he has a whole TV network I think 60 channels on the Roku right there on my I looked it up now I have it and he's a man of God he believes in the Lord amen he just wants to be available to help people and he set aside his finances, his time, his treasure, his talent, amen, to create something on television that will help people in life in general, amen. So who will bring any charge against God's elect? That's verse 33 of Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, um, amen. Evangelist Pastor Felix J. Cologne, amen, God bless you, is that Felix J. Cologne, I believe that's the cologne I'm thinking of. Amen. It's hard to see on the screen. God bless you, my friend and my brother. Welcome to the Blaze Bible Study. So we're in Romans chapter 8. We're picking up from verse number 33. Who will bring any charge against God's elect, his chosen ones? Right? We're, we're made to be blameless. Not perfect. We're being perfected. But the Bible says we are to be blameless. Oh man, Sam, you know, he messed up. He did this, that, and the third. And that, you know, we find him guilty for this, that, and the third. And I'm saying, um, who said? Who who will bring any charge against me and against any of God's elect? Well, let's see. It is God who justifies us, declaring us blameless and putting us in a right relationship with himself. Right standing. We get the righteousness of God because he says we are righteous, just like he is righteous. So when somebody comes against his elect, 
then they're coming against his righteousness. They're coming against his salvation. They're coming against his gospel. They're coming against his truth. They're coming against his love. You get it? They're coming against his grace. They're coming against his mercy. They're coming against his word. Whoever you know puts a charge against God's elect is really putting a charge against God. And that's not going to work out too good for anybody who's putting charges against God's children. Verse 34, who is the one who condemns us? All these questions, right? And we're asking those questions to this very day. Who is the one who condemns us? Is it someone who's just mad at Christians? Is it um, the law of the United States of America? Is it um, Democrat, Republican, Independent? Who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty. Do you understand? Let me take a quick pause. You understand what happened at the cross? People say, oh, oh yeah, Jesus died for me on the cross. Yeah, he did die, but he rose again. But he literally paid a debt, a sin debt, and to top it all off, he didn't even owe it. He didn't owe the debt that he paid, and we darn sure couldn't pay the debt that we owed. You ever had? You ever been in debt? I'm in debt, not in a lot of debt, because I don't use credit cards. If I had credit cards, I'd be in a lot of debt. But I am in, in debt, paying debt. Um, but the price of my sin, which I can never pay back, I couldn't pay that sin debt. Jesus already did it. So when Jesus said, Tetelestai, he said, it is done. It is paid in full. He took, he took the wrath. He took the sins upon himself, right? The sins of the world. Yet he himself did not sin. Incredible gospel, incredible message, incredible King of Kings and Lord of Lords, incredible demonstration of love that Jesus did for me and for you. So whoever is not a believer, you really don't have an excuse. Oh, I got to get things right before I go into church. Listen, you cannot get everything right before you go into church. Only one who gets you right is the one who is righteous, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're right. Maybe you don't need to go to church to, to get saved. Why don't you go to the Savior to get saved? And then he'll you know, do a work in your heart and in your life and direct you to where he wants you to connect. It could be a church building. It could be a ministry. It could be a hospital. It could be a, a homeless shelter. Wherever he sends you, there you are with his glory, with his power, with his words, with his anointing. Amen. So Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty And more than that, I love it, there's more than that. Who was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us? For us. Like, this is an amazing gospel. Uh, Those people who are trying to convince me that this is all make-believe, wishful thinking, they have a big problem with transformed people. Because if someone is transformed and renewed and restored, right, and made whole by the power of God's word, then how come we couldn't do it on our own? And when it comes to the whole sin thing, like when I was uh, bondage to sin, a slave to sin, why couldn't I say no to the things that I knew will give me some kind of pleasure for a little while, but I knew the consequences? Um, We'll talk about that another time. Uh, I'm going to be doing some adult Bible studies, invitation only, by way of uh, hidden pages and hidden websites. Because a lot of things 
well, that need to be said among adults shouldn't be said in uh, public like this because there might be kids, young kids, and I don't want to bring any confusion because um, I'm not down with the author of confusion, amen, and I'm down with what God wants us to do. Speak as adults, right? And if we have to speak as young adults or as kids, then we could do it generally. But you could PG-13 this right here, amen? But adult Bible studies are for adults, and those things are coming very soon, sooner than you think. So, and who is it at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us? Jesus. Verse 35. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Big question. I know a lot of people think that, um, oh, you know, I've met young men that got with young girls that said, I'm going to take that, that fire that she has for Jesus. I'm going to take it away. And unfortunately, some people... I think succeeded according to how these young girls are acting now with the guy that said they was going to take that fire away from them. And it, we're, we're in a spiritual battle. You are already invited. My friend, Matthew, um, was soon you're, I believe I have you on my email list. If you're on my email list, you will get the invitation as soon as I start inviting. So whoever is not on my email list, you won't get an invitation because it's a private invitation by way of email. I won't send it on a messenger or I won't send it on a public social media platform because then I can guarantee you that there will be people who are teenagers or even kids um, jumping on these adult Bible studies, right? Uh, I was born yesterday, so it would be by invite. So if you sign up, if you go to live.sowinnerswithaz.org and sign up, and give me your best email address after you set up your name and your little picture. You do it once and done. Those email addresses I import into my big email list. And you'll be you'll be invited by, by way of the email. Amen. And it's for, you know, mature audiences only. Because we're going to talk about some stuff that, you know, age appropriate. I don't think talking about what, where I was about to talk about wouldn't be good for my six-year-old to listen to. Or for your six-year-old or your teenager um, to listen to. It's just the way it is. And there's a, like the Song of Solomon. Imagine going through a Bible study with a five, six-year-old. Um, or maybe a teenager that's coming into the hormonal stages. And you read that. They're going to be like, um, what is that in the scriptures? And then you're going to have a lot of explaining to do, right? A lot of explaining to do. I have five more minutes. Let's keep on going. Verse number... 35, who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Well, treble, tribulation, which I was going to say tribulation. That treble is because I'm a DJ. I'm always messing with the bass and treble. With tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Verse 36, just as it is written and forever remains written, for your sake we are put to death all day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Repeat that over your life, please. We are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. So much that he died for us. It's in the bag. We have the victory. Jesus proved that he has the victory over sin and death. He proved it, demonstrated his own perfect love. And his perfect love cast out all fear. 
at least out of my heart. What about your heart? Perfect love casts out all fear. Listen, a Christian, we don't really die. We just transfer location. We just change locations from this side of eternity to the next. Will there be grieving? Yes. Will there be tears? Yes. Will people miss us? Yes. I hope. Right? But this body will fall to the ground, but our spirit will be with the Lord. Right? Absent from the body, present with who? The Lord. I heard it. I heard some people saying that. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt. That's the type of courage. That's the type of faith we should be having. That we are convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, when there's a mention of all these type of people and all these type of things, that means they are real. God is mentioning it. He says that neither death, reality, life, reality, nor angels, reality, nor principalities, reality, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited, unmatched love of God, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's own this. A lot of people are walking around in secret Christian societies, like closet Christians. Oh, I don't want to tell anybody I'm Christian because I don't want to offend nobody. Listen, let the gospel offend the people who are already against the gospel anyway. Let the Conviction and the convincing be done by Holy Spirit God. He's going to be doing the converting, the convincing, the convicting, right? And some people flat out are are cowards. They don't want to own up to what they probably already know, that this life, we have real little limited control over our lives. And they don't want to admit it. Oh, no, I got money. I got fame. I got stardom. I got friends. I got social media. I got businesses. And they're trying to stay so busy. It's almost like an addiction. They're trying to sense, be so busy that they're trying to numb away the mortal, the mortality. Our mortality that one day we're going to perish. We're going to cease to exist on this side of eternity. And they're trying to block this, this whole eternal God out of their mind. They're trying to convince themselves, read books, go to YouTube um, pages, um, join groups on Clubhouse that are against the Christian gospel message. And they say, well, all these people say there's no God, so I might as well join in there. And there, we settled the whole issue, as if they really did settle the whole issue of eternal life, eternal death, separation from God. Um, That's a weak argument. So I decided years ago that, listen, I was already on that team. The team I just spoke about. I was already on, on that team. I was one of the, like what, uh, the stars of the team, right? Um, it didn't do me anything. Actually, that did me dirty. And that was a whole big lie about life. So I decided, said, listen, I tried that already. Didn't work. So let me go to this guy that everybody else was talking to me about who's supposed to have this eternal life and who, who had the power to change me and transform me. I was like, yeah, right. Ain't nobody changing Sam. And that was way back in 2001. And I can tell you right now that people who knew me over 21 years ago, they'll let you know real quick, oh, yeah, that's a different man. And that's because of the grace, power, mercy, love of God. Amen. So I'm down. I'm out of time. Uh, we're less than one minute here. But listen, we're done. 
I can't believe we got through it. Romans chapter 8. Uh, if you want to review this, I have, this will be four parts. So I'll be putting this on the replays at live.someoneswithz.org. And if you want to listen to or watch all the replays, amen, I'm going to be presenting those up there. Also, I just aired and I'll pre-debuted a new show on my Celebrator Network audio only. Artist Spotlight and the first artist I'm spotlighting uh, will be revealed um, tonight at the top of the hour, 11 p.m. So thank you, family of God. Thank you, friends. Thank you for the people that watched and came through and listened. Thank you so much for coming through. God bless you all. God keep you all. And remember, remember this. If you never heard anything else from me, remember this. God is good. Peace.